I would say this. I would enjoy uh, hearing, maybe not in the podcast format, but I would enjoy hearing more and seeing more about um, uh, Ryan and Miracle and Jolene's trip uh, and, uh, and your take on it. Uh, you're driving around. You are experiencing many, many things that people sitting at home going to nine, nine to five. They're not. They have no idea what's going on. And it's interesting stuff. I, um, I'd like to hear more about, uh, you know, Ryan and Miracle. Hello, friends, and welcome to the final episode of So You Owned a VW Bus the podcast that has been powered for nine seasons by the stories of Volkswagen owners across North America. I'm Ryan. And I'm Miracle. Over the past two years, we have traveled 49 states, four provinces, and the Yukon Territory in our 1979 VW bus, collecting stories from the people that we met along the way. Every so often, we have an interviewee who would ask, hey, who's going to interview you guys when this journey is concluded? To be honest, we have always preferred to put other people's stories first. We were simply the ones collecting other people's tales and editing them into these little episodes. But then we did an interview with Patrick Hughes in Kansas, and he turned the tables on us after we interviewed him. We decided that we did have something to say. So we asked our listeners to submit their questions, and we pulled some of Patrick's interview to create this one last ride with us. Hi, fellas. It's Adrian from Switzerland. My question is, this trip, if you had done it with a Ferrari instead of a VW bus, would have been different, I guess. But uh, how? <laughs> okay, smartass. <laughs> Well, first, I have to say, I have to tell all of our listeners, they could probably tell from his voice, uh, that Adrian is uh, magnificently, impossibly handsome. They can tell that from his voice? I think so. He's movie star good looking, and they should know it. It's true. And a talented writer. They should look that up. I mean, it's, I shouldn't put his looks above his talent, and I'm not. I'm just saying that, you know, he's incredibly good looking. And people might want to look him up and see. So about his question. About his question. Had we done it in a Ferrari, would it have been different? He said he 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 reckoned that it would. Yes. Uh, it, the repairs might have actually been more. They would have probably... Well, you know, the Ferrari may not have ever broken down. Uh yeah, I don't know. I've what not, year Ferrari? Well, yeah, I've never... I, I, yeah, Adrian, there's too many variables. We don't know what year Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Is this what one of those? type? Yeah. What sort of engine? And, Are uh, all Ferraris two-seaters? Yeah, I don't know where we would have put our dog Is or that our true, gear. though? Are they? I don't know. What, what do I know about a well, Ferrari? Well, I'm guessing that it would have been, regardless of the make, model, year, it would have been faster. <laughs> yes. It would have been stinkier. Stinkier. Yeah, the space is much, much smaller in a Ferrari than even a bus. And probably more airtight. The bus is large and drafty. Yeah, so like we could open the windows and get some fresh air. It would have been stinkier. Two people and a dog. Sometimes we didn't shower for four or five days. And then what would the camping arrangement look like with a Ferrari? Well, we would have put a pop-up tent on top of it. 
<laughs> a rooftop camper. Okay, yeah, yeah. Plus, I'm going to, I think that if we could afford to have done this in a Ferrari, we would have stayed in nice hotels. Yeah, yeah, and that would have cut down on the driveway stays. Uh, I mean, we wouldn't have met any VW people. No, we would have met Ferrari dudes. Maybe. Surely there's a Ferrari club. We would have just done Ferrari driveway stays. Nobody walks up to a Ferrari driver and is like, oh, my uncle owned a Ferrari. Let me tell you about it. No, they're like, my frat brother owned a Ferrari, and let me tell you what we did in it. Is that rude? No, no, I think it's, I think it's accurate, but also like, that's a really upscale school. I mean, I, I don't know who, who's driving a uh, Ferrari in college. I don't know. It was a good question though. No, it wasn't. It forced me to think about things like how would it have been different in a Ferrari? (sighs) Okay, fine. It was, it was a fine question. It was nice to hear Adrian's voice. It was. Yeah. I, I do miss Adrian. And this question comes from Rajan, who we worked with at the library and was the the very first person we ever interviewed. And we featured him in a detour episode. He was. He was our guinea pig. Yeah. And he gave us the road atlas. Our, he did. Our most used thing in the bus, aside from the bus itself, was the road atlas. Came Sorry. from Rajan. It did. And it's one of our most cherished I think it's one of our most cherished material possessions that we own now because we wrote all over it. We made notes in it. It kind of looks uh, a little like rough from the road, but it's lovely and we can retrace our steps in it. Hi, this is Rajan Kos. I know you had lots of uh, great experiences on your trip and you met hundreds of really interesting people. I'm uh, curious about uh, any incident or uh, a person that you met that was really scary um, during your trips and uh, that made you think twice about traveling on the road. We did encounter, you know, like, of course, on the road, you would encounter people who are strange, different, unique, like eclectic, eccentric. Um, So there was one time and you were in an outhouse. And we were in a ghost town in Montana. And I was sitting with Jolene, uh, who is, you know, park pit bull or something. Uh, we don't really know. Uh, but she's she's like the world's sweetest dog. She's very quiet. She's very quiet. Uh, but, you know, she's got that square head. And I guess if you didn't know her, she's menacing. Um, if you know her, you realize that she's probably going to take a nap and fart. And that's going to be about the worst of it. But we're sitting at this, uh, well, I'm sitting at this table in a ghost town while Miracle is in an outhouse. And I'm never fast. I'm never fast when I go to the bath. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter one, two. It doesn't matter. I'm slow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were extra slow, so it was a number two. That's what you think. (laughs) And uh, these guys come rolling up in a car that is just absolutely beat the hell. And they get out and I'm, you know, I don't want to like stereotype or malign, but like, you know, they, they had face tattoos. Um, they had shaved heads. Um, they're wearing clothes that had obviously not been laundered. It was uh, the desert. 
It was the desert. And they were filling up water, big water tanks. Like they were out. They were out for a while, right? Like they weren't like they were rough. Your average guys. And I'm sitting there at this picnic table and every once in a while they like as they're filling up their water jugs, they turn around and they kind of just stare, both of them, at me. And Jolene doesn't like this, so she's sitting upright and she just looks right at them and I'm like, well, I'm going to watch these guys because I got nothing else to do. And Jolene is very quiet. She doesn't bark or growl or anything. She just stares. So you're not sure about her. Yeah, she could be one of these like well-trained dogs from like John Wick. Uh, you know, I could, right. like, uh, I could like click like and then she would just tear their faces off. Yeah. Uh, but really, she's going to like curl around twice and then fart and take a nap <laughs> you make her sound so flatulent <laughs> she is that's true we lived in a bus day, we lived in a bus with her <laughs> this is what she did okay it is a fact it's fair uh these guys keep turning around and like looking at me and they're like oh you know like uh, and they're like looking at me strangely and eventually they fill up their water jugs they get into the car and then they just like back the car out of there really fast and they don't know that I'm in the outhouse. So you're just a guy with his dog sitting in the desert in a ghost town. <laughs> well, you say it like that. I mean, I'm just saying. And so, yeah, uh, you come out of the, uh, the outhouse and I'm like, hey, here's this really weird thing that happened. And I was like, they look like trouble. And at this point, we had been on the road for over a year. Uh, it had been just over a year. I had not cut my hair or shaved my beard. And I'm wearing, like, the clothes that I wear, well, for the last year. And you look at me and you're like, Ryan, you look like you might be trouble. Yeah. Like, so when I when you retold the story to me, and I had heard the truck come and go. Like, I heard people, like, pull. I heard noise. And you recounted the story. And you're telling me this. And I'm, like, thinking, yeah, they might have been, like, you know, afraid of Jolene because she is quiet. You don't know. And I, I took a look at you. We hadn't showered. It was hot. We were dusty. We had like dust in our mouths at that point because it's the desert. And you had like, you know, a leather cowboy hat that you had taken to wearing because we did. We needed some protection. Your hair is crazy. Your beard's crazy. Like I was like, they might have been really afraid of you and watching you because they didn't know at what point you were going to like pull out a knife and steal their water in their truck. <laughs> steal their water. <laughs> I know you got out of this pump just now. From <laughs> but I want it from you because I am a psychopath. <laughs> you yeah. son of bitches. <laughs> I've seen that movie. And so this next question comes from James and Miranda, who once upon a time sold their bus, Addy, to me. And uh, then I took it on the road once uh, for 14 months. Hi, guys. This is Miranda and James from Iowa. Um, I have a question for you, and that would be, while your entire journey was memorable, I'm sure, I would like to know which part of it was the most memorable and why for each of you. And James has a question, and here he is. This is James. And so, so you on the bus podcast got the feeling of that the van culture, that lifestyle... Um, created memories, created differences in your life that you wouldn't have unless you had the V-Dub. How did this podcast create a lifestyle or a change in your outlook for you guys? Thank you. Look forward to hearing your answers. Okay, so Miranda's question first. What part was most memorable? 
So I think for me, I can sort of easily say two things are most memorable, maybe three, but so the people, the people we met along the way, we talk about people, we do people's voices, we have one-liners or m- multiple one-liners from people. Um, we have lifelong friends. We have people we'll probably never see again, but we'll always remember. Um, the people are most memorable. I will never forget them. And two, uh, the landscapes. I think that for me, traveling all over the way that we did and going in and out of, you know, from one state, from mountains to valleys to like plains, um, from like pine forests to the ocean, like watching the landscape change and the vegetation change and the air change and the weather change in such a very immediate and real way. Um, I would have never experienced otherwise. I could have only have imagined or listened to other people, you know, tell me their experience of it. And I will, uh, I will always remember that and I will always have it in my mind. And it's something that I will always look forward to seeing again. So anybody who knows me already knows that I'm probably like crying and I am, but, uh, this is very emotional. I will never forget traveling in the bus for that length of time with you and Jolene. Unless I get old and senile and really forgetful and I hope somebody will play this for me then. If, uh, tomorrow somebody said you are gonna lose all your memories one by one from this trip did you write this down no if uh somebody told you tomorrow that you're gonna lose all your memories from this trip one by one what would be the last memory that you would want to lose which memory do you want to hold on to the most I would want to remember the feeling. The feeling of... I would want to remember the feeling of driving down the like two-lane highway in Nebraska next to the train <laughs> with like the sun setting. And we had heard the crickets the night before and seen Elon Musk's... Um, satellites and I had no idea what they were and like I was peeing outside and had to call you and I was like what is this like bullshit in the sky because like I think we're being invaded um and you were like no those are Elon Musk satellites which I didn't even know existed until you said that I had never seen them never heard them read about them and it's an amazing sight I think Elon Musk is trash we can all agree (laughs) but it's still an amazing sight because it's like like this long chain. It looks like a video game in the sky. It does. And it was amazing. And and we had just pulled back into the Midwest and heard crickets for the first time in many months, which if you grow Uh, up in the Midwest, it was really something. It was like being punched in the gut sort of like to hear them again. And, and this like kind of Midwestern sunset and the crickets. And then we, you know, we get up the next morning, we know we're headed home. We know the trip is about to end. And it's this golden light and the way that the landscape just rolls with like, is it wheat? I don't know what it is. It's just this like, you know, gold, everything's golden. And we're the, the road that we're on is following uh, the train tracks. There's a train to our left and 
I think you decided to just race the train. Like, could we catch up to the train? I mean, it took like uh, a half hour. It did take about a half hour. And I, I was like, we're never going to do it. And But then like we got closer and closer and closer. Yeah, we're going like maybe 55 and the train is probably going like 52, you know? So we're very slowly gaining on the train. But you catch up to the train and you're so excited like a little like like a little child and you you like roll like you roll down the window well the window is down and the wind's blowing through her hair and you do the the universal symbol of like honk your horn <laughs> like honk your horn and I'm like there's no way this guy can see you he's driving he's driving a train like he's busy and he sees us and he pulls whatever a conductor pulls and makes the train like he did, and you like yelled and screamed and pumped your fists and you like <laughs> jumping out of your seat. And I mean, it was exciting and it's the silliest thing. And and like, but that moment is every moment on the road. I would never want to lose that feeling, the way that that felt, like the sort of like the wonder of it all. And then we've got James. Okay. He wants to know how this podcast uh, created a lifestyle or changed our outlook in life. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, I think this is also a case where we can uh, kind of loop in Patrick, who asked a very similar question. (laughs) Ryan. Uh, you you come to this adventure out of doing some work in libraries for a long time, and you've got your PhD in rhetoric. In rhetoric, and you've also come out of the corporate world for a short period of time, and you've done something that a lot of people would think this is kind of a daydream, and you've done something that is that is real and tangible in, in your life, right? How have you found that that it's changed you? Uh, well, uh, I, I should probably dispel the, it's a daydream because there are nightmarish moments. Um, but, uh, I'm sorry. What's the question again? How's it changed? How's it changed me? Uh, I, I, well, I won't say I'm less pessimistic, but I'm less dark than I used to be. Um, it's hard to, like Miracle said, encounter, only good people for a year and then sometimes those nightmare scenarios and they just almost appear and then they they don't know you from anyone and then they say you know yeah you can stay with us we'll feed you we're going to help fix you we're going to get you back on the road every single time to the point where you know like when we're in alaska and we're starting to break down i was not afraid of being left out in the wilderness forever because i was like well you know, somebody will help us eventually, you know, I'll start fixing it. And, you know, somebody will end up tapping on the shoulder with the VW bus and say, Hey, do you need help? Um, and so, you know, the pessimism is not gone. Uh, I still, every day I'm convinced, like we're going to break down the day. Well, you will. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I mean, realism. You need to, to <laughs> thank see you. It that way. See, I would call it realism too. Um, you know, so I, I won't say I've made the full turn into being an optimist. I think that's a, a bridge too far. But um, the fairly bleak worldview and the view that I had of humanity just cannot, that I had spent a, 
uh, several decades cultivating, mind you. And, uh, you know, then it, it just all kind of collapses under the weight of all these good things. Speaking of being broken down in Alaska, our friend, Tim from Toke, could already see how the trip had changed us when we interviewed him. Was it worth it for you? Absolutely. See, and you're not the same person. You aren't the same people that you were when you left, right? Yeah. And you'll go back and you'll say, wow, I see life a little bit differently now. Huh. And I met some pretty cool people along the way, and, and it gave me hope. It was redeeming. You know, maybe the world isn't this big, ugly, scary bad place so yeah i've learned that from you and uh so it's mutual it's kind of cool we owe as always a huge thanks to our sponsors the yamachowski foundation of switzerland who has been with us nearly from the beginning and has supported us through this entire endeavor as well as uh go westy who has supported us over the last few seasons uh we really have a huge debt of gratitude to the both of you for your support. And of course, this podcast is just not possible. It's not fueled without the stories from Volkswagen owners everywhere. Many of them ended up on this podcast uh, sharing their stories, sometimes very personal stories, personal moments from their lives. And it has been a real privilege to share other people's stories. And thank you to our listeners, to anybody who's tuned in, followed along, and taken this ride with us. We're grateful, and we appreciate it. Thank you both for uh, keeping all of us along with you in your adventure here across the United States. It's been great to have you here, and it's been great to listen as you've met new people and hear their stories. And I know that all of your listeners wish you the best for what you guys decide to do next. So, yeah, there's a lot of memories. Well, thank you for sharing them with us. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> well, this is, this is amazing. I never thought in a, in a million years that you and I would be sitting on the porch in California talking about Volkswagen. No, me either. Yeah. Not really. No, life is pretty good. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Me too. <laughs> well, I I just want to thank you guys for your podcast. I think it's been a it's been an inspiration. Yeah, thank you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> well, congratulations to the both of you. Congratulations to get, being married since I met you, and uh, and you will have a great life uh, starting on the perfect road. You're very welcome. Thank you both. And, and hope to uh, to see you one day again. Oh, uh, we'll we'll see each other again. This this is incredible. Until we meet again, friends. <laughs> <laughs>